when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited today. I have a great guest, and he's coming to us from way down under in Australia, although he doesn't have the accent. I don't know why. Um, But uh, other than hanging around with kangaroos, his name is Ari Galper, and he is the author of the book, Unlock the Sales Game which talks about new trust-based selling strategies. So Ari, how are you doing, man? Good, good, good to uh, chat with you. And yeah, the, the American accent throws people off quite every once in a while. Uh, originally from California, my wife on a dating site 20 years ago online, pre-swiping, just the photo and the, 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 the bio. And <laughs> she uh, emails me, she's living in LA at the time. We, we communicated there. We uh, met, dated, and came out here and got married. And uh, yeah, I've been here for 20 years now. I was going to say, man, that's a long trip for a date. (laughs) I'll see you in 24 hours, honey. (laughs) That's awesome. So anyways, I like my audience to get to know you first. So how did you go from babysitting a crazy kid to babysitting crazy people who sell? (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because uh, growing up, you know, I, I was with lots of kids in the neighborhood. I was like the babysitter. People line up to have me come to their home. And and uh, anyways, I sort of um, fell into a career where I was in sales myself. And I had an experience that happened to me that sort of catapulted me in this position that I'm in now, uh, helping people get past all the sales pain experience. But I think, well, if you want, I'll share that with you. And I'll kind of tell you how that all happened. I would love to. But really what I'm interested in is the concept of trust-based selling because in relationship marketing in social media we talk about know like and trust and trust is where the transaction happens yeah so what is the story behind trust-based selling how did you get to a point where you decided to write a book about that sure well what happened was about 20 years ago i was a sales manager a software company and we're uh we launched the first online website data collection tools you probably heard of i'm sure it's now called Google Analytics. Oh, but, yes. <laughs> but, uh, but back then, we were the first one to launch that tool. And uh, so uh, the, the, I was managing 18 sales reps at the time. The leads came across my desk. There were big opportunities. And this one contact, contact called their office. I got the phone call. A big company. You recognize the name. Lots of websites. And uh, we had a great conversation. He wanted to learn more about our products. So we agreed to a conference call and a demo. Uh, on a Friday afternoon to show him how it all worked. And uh, the day finally came, I was in the conference room with my CEO. I closed the door behind me, big long conference table. In the middle of the table is a speakerphone, the old school uh, spaceship looking one. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, and Polycom. <laughs> that's it, right. And I dialed the number and uh, he picks it up. He says, hey, Ari. I said, hey, John, how's it going? Good. And he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's in the room with us today. And I was like, oh, didn't realize someone else will be there. Next thing I hear is, my name is Mike. I'm CEO. I was like, wow, CEO of the whole company. This is good. My name is Chris. I'm head of global IT. 
Oh, this is even better. My name is Julian, head of marketing. Oh, this is even better. I mean, everyone on this call was basically what you call a decision maker. Mm -hmm. They were all there at one time. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen today because they were all there. And so I introduced myself, uh, then began to give them a live demo over the web of what we do, how we collect their information. And we, we went ahead and did a, one, a website of theirs in advance to show them real time to see all the visitor movements from page to page. This is, this is early days. And I've shown this to them. I hear this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I can't believe we can see this information. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? How does the tagging work? And of course, I had all the answers. I was competent and I was answering questions. There was so much chemistry on this phone call, Brian. It was like a love fest on the phone. Mm -hmm. about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Except it's much harder to get from California to Australia on the love boat than it is on an That's island. true. That's <laughs> true. And they had all the questions. I had all the answers. There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was just awesome. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And so I got the high five, my shoulder from my boss in the back of the room was like, nice job, Ari. And I'm doing my thing. I'm answering, answering objections, being, you know, relationship oriented, building, you know, doing best I can with them. And as the call kind of comes to a close an hour later, my contact says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I said to myself, oh, man, thank you, God. This is awesome. Uh, so I said my goodbyes. I took my arm and my hand and I reached for the speakerphone in the middle of the table there. And I was reaching for the off button by complete accident. Now it's divine intervention. My thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were like right next to each other. And I hit the wrong button and a small click happened. And they thought I hung up the phone. In that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. And I pulled my thumb back for a couple seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. And <laughs> what, what, what would you, is that a trick question? What would you imagine they would have said after a call like that? What would you expect to hear after a call like that typically? Well, generally it's like, oh man, this is great. Imagine what we can do with this and imagine how we can make all this money. And this is all, oh, man, it's exactly what we're looking for. That's what you wanted to hear. But I'm guessing that's not how it played out. <laughs> I expected that for that love fest like that for about an hour. You'd expect that. And here's what I heard word for word. I'll never forget it. It's why we're all here today. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Mm, Knife I and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. I could not believe it. I snapped out of it. I hit the off button and I looked at the wall and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was competent. I was professional. They loved the tool. I wasn't aggressive. I was relationship-based. I did everything I was taught to do in the world of sales. Mm -hmm. And the first big epiphany hit me. You can tell me if you agree with this or not. The summer along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell. Right. It's okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Oh, no, wait. Send us a what? A proposal. Right. Without any intention of what? Purchasing. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why in the website business, they would come and ask, okay, lay out everything, you know, give us the specs, give us everything. And as soon as you hit them with the proposal and the entire specs, yeah. 
yeah. they'd take it and price shop it and find somebody else to do it cheaper. So Correct. basically all you were doing was giving them a tool to shop. And Correct. that was when I learned, guess what? The meter starts running the minute we start getting into the details. At hello. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, no, I feel your pain, man. So then what what happened from that? Then how do we get into the sales myth? I mean, what well, what I realized that moment was that to help people move forward, I got to help them clear out their old conditioning, their old their old mindset, their old mental hard drive, what they believe selling is all about. And there's some myths to address around that. Number one myth is the idea that sales is a numbers game. I'm sure you've heard that before in your career, but we discovered in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, how good you are at trust building, not how good you are, how many contacts you make. Mm -hmm. The second myth is the idea of the sales loss at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before, Brian, where you had a deal pending that looked perfect. All every green light, green light, green light, at the end, it just kind of fell through. You're like, wait, what happened? They were perfect for us. Well, we discovered the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's now lost at the beginning of the process at hello. And I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through mind about three seconds? They're selling me something. It's over at hello. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yep. and I'm not suggesting that your, your folks are doing outbound calls, but I will rec suggest that today that they're losing their sale, not at the end of the process, they're losing it at the beginning. And um, the last one is the idea that sale of rejection, that rejection is part of the game. You got to accept it to be successful. And we discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do that cause the other person to push back on you and force you to play the chasing game. Those are the three myths we want to clear up before we get, get into the next phase of the principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when we're talking about, you know, the, the, the at hello, I uh, immediately, you can almost sense it too. I had somebody call me up the other day and it's like, hi, I loved your presentation. It was great meeting you and all this other stuff. And the butter just started flowing. I felt like I was eating a baked potato. You know, it was like you knew what was coming. It wasn't hello, but you can smell it a mile away. You knew that there was something more. Right. rather than them being truly interested in you you yeah. know and that's where i think the trust kind of gets broken would you agree uh that's it the, the whole shift here is letting go of your agenda and being present with the other person and walking into their world and staying in their world as long as you can it's almost like a doctor patient relationship where the the, the, the you're the doctor they're the patient they've got a problem the doctor doesn't talk about themselves or this or the medicine what they focus on is diagnosing the problem. They put themselves in the patient's world to understand what the issue is. Well, in selling, we're not taught to do that. We're taught to, the minute we have a qualified prospect, our instinct is great. We can help you with that. See, we, and that comes from our old conditioning from the 80s, all the gurus who taught us that our goal is to basically find a qualified prospect and present, be enthusiastic, and move them forward. That's the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'll drop a bomb right now. We've also been taught that our goal is to build a relationship with someone uh, in the sales process for them to get to know us and like us, and then they'll buy from us. Well, my contention is that you no longer have to build a relationship with someone anymore in your sales process because relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive. 
What I mean by that is if you lay in too thick, the whole, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. How's, how's your kids doing? Hey, that's great. If you do the whole relationship thing, what happens is that gets in the way of them coming to a next step with you. If you cross social norms and business norms, what happens is it gets very mushy and you have to spend a lot of time with them to like you. And then hopefully at the end, they buy from you. What I'm suggesting is here, if you remove the relationship piece and put the doctor piece in and diagnose their problem with bedside manner and empathy and trust, and you focus only on them, because here's the thing, they don't want to become your friend. They don't even know who you are, but we're taught to kind of get them to like us and know us and be friendly with us. And then hopefully if we get to know us, they might like us and they'll trust us. Then that's a long route to take. So our whole approach is void of relationship building in the sales process when you have someone on the phone. Instead, you are an authority focusing on their problem. Mm -hmm. And I had a, a gentleman I was talking with the other day who created an app and, you know, he said, well, how do I, how do I shorten the sales cycle? And I said to him, tell people how they can get to their kid's soccer game. Not right. that you understand their life, but just right. how do you solve their problem? Right. Right. That's exactly it. And, and I'm sure everybody on this call or listening probably say, well, I'm a problem solver. I solve problems. Well, you do to a certain extent, but what you, do, you may not be doing it in a way where they feel it from you 100%. Because they can tell when your mind's thinking about the next step and you're not being 100% present with someone. And so we teach this idea of what we call the one call sale, which is my new book for next year, where you basically unpack someone's problem down below the iceberg, as I call it, to a really deep level. You amplify the issue, they understand the context of it, and they own it before you help them solve the problem. It's kind of like uh, a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own their own problem. They're not going to want to fix it. You got to drag them all the way through the end, which is why selling is so painful because we've never been taught how to build trust with people in the sales process. We've been taught to just get to know, I can know, get to know each other and hopefully the chemistry works and, and hopefully it all works out by itself. Well, Unfortunately, you're going to hit a wall with that if you try to keep doing that these days. Yeah. And, you know, one of part of the process, too, and this is one of the things that I've started to adapt, is have a shorter call with somebody and just listen to their problem and offer them a little bit of a solution so that they start to think about it and then stop and then give them some time to digest, right? Do you not want to overwhelm them in the first call? Do you want to go through a process with them? Well, you definitely, you're right. You don't want to overwhelm. You don't want to educate. You don't want to, and here it comes, stop giving value. Mm -hmm. The more you give value, the more you educate, that means they got a process and here's a kiss of death. And they say to you, oh, let me think about it. That's a lot to, that's a lot to digest. Give me some time. Now you're forced to chase them. See, rather than giving value, instead give them clarity mm -hmm. on their issues when they feel you understand them better than anybody else that's what real trust is when you know when you meet someone you say to yourself man he just gets me something about this guy he just sort of like we just connected i resonate with him that's what real trust is mm -hmm. not educating them on your solution and trying to show them how you can help them solve it it's not selling is not trust building Trust building is when, they, when you focus so deeply in their world and they feel that you understand them in an intimate way. That's what real trust is. So in other words, what you're saying is a sales script will not do the trick, right? <laughs> not just that, it'll kill trust. Right. So is there any other myths or, or things that we need to debunk or have we kind of gone through the core of that? So we, we covered those, the main ones there.
Awesome. So then you have some core principles yes. that help build upon this getting to the trust part of the sale. Correct. There's two core principles here and some examples. And I also, I invented my own, what I call trust-based languaging. Words and phrases that replace sales scripts. So that's natural languaging that builds trust and brings people out to a, a neutral place. Uh, and our first core principle is the idea of what we call always be diffusing pressure, always taking pressure out of the sales conversation. I'll give you an example right now. Let's say you're having a first call with somebody over the phone uh, and they're fairly qualified. It's good chemistry, could be a good fit and looks like a good opportunity for you. And the call kind of comes to a close. What do we normally say to someone in a call like that? What do we normally say to someone we have an opportunity? Not your question. We say to them what? We say, how about we... How about we talk again about this? Exactly. How about we call? forward? Yeah, that's what we've been trained to do. We've been trained. When we sense an opportunity, our job is to move things where? Forward. Forward. But what can happen if you try and move things forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break right there in the middle of your process with them? Well, you break trust and you also create objections. That's correct. So same scenario, our mindset and our approach, same conversation, calls going well, good chemistry could be a fit, call comes to and close, rather than saying, hey, how about we move forward, what we say instead of this, what we say is this, we say, where do you think we should go from here? Awesome. And what you've done is you've put the onus for them to take the next step. You're shifting the power to them. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. Mm -hmm. They can't believe somebody invisible actually asked them what they want to do. They're not used to this. They're used to being pulled down what? A process that they know a mile away. The minute they, they, they sense that you are trying to move them to a next step, it's over. It's so sensitive now. People have been to the game so many times. They know they're in a sales process, so formulaic. But when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Usually what they say are things like this. Uh, I, I, I've got one more question. Or well, what about this? You know what comes out? The truth. Mm -hmm. And that is your new goal. Your goal is to build their trust with somebody so they tell you the truth of where they stand. So you're not guessing and in a dysfunctional chasing game, hoping at the end they might buy from you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what is the other core principle that you teach? The, the last core principle is the idea of what I call getting to the truth of people. Now, what that means is having your ideal clients and prospects feel comfortable telling you up front where they stand. So you're not guessing anymore. I'll give you an exact quick story around this. I recently had a call that came through my office, got, to my, got through my team, got to me. I put the phone up and I heard Mr. Galper. I heard yet. And I said, he says to me, my name is John Johnson, change the name. I'm with XYZ company. They're a global business. We're looking to bring someone in to change our sales team and our sales culture. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. Hmm. He says this to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Inbound call. So I'm a human being too. They're a big company, global business. So I, 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 I stayed calm. Went back to my mindset, took a deep breath, lowered my voice, and I proceeded to say this to him. What I said was this. I said, well, isn't that interesting? Hmm. And, and I paused. And then I said to him, over here, our company, we have a very similar process to you. where We ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. 
And for a good fit, we saw where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? And of course, that's a yes or no answer. Dead silence. Not a word. <laughs> I was like, oh man, did I lose this guy? Then I felt this breath come across the phone. Like he just relaxed. Like he felt his shoulders came down. He became human, a human being again, authentic. He, he kind of lowers his voice and says to me, oh, okay. Um, what kind of questions do you have for me? And that's where he's putty in your hands. <laughs> next thing I know, <laughs> next thing I discover, one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. After five minutes, off he went to a website for some of my videos. We hung up the phone. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Well, chasing uh, a dead lead yep. and educating and teaching somebody. <laughs> yep. There's actually this drug in our bodies is latent and it's triggered with inbound calls like that. You know, the drug is called, it's called um, hopium. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you call them up, you follow up with them. You're like, I got the call. Honey, features here. It's the deal. You tell your team. Yeah. He's just so excited. You got the call and you follow up. You get their voicemail. Like what? He's not there. And then you go to your, your email and you write a message. You say, hi, I'm writing you to what? To follow up on our conversation. Now I'm going to ask all your listeners right now to take an oath with me, a verbal oath. That to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary, never ever used again after today's reporting. And here it is. I'm going to ask your listeners and viewers to never again use the phrase follow-up ever again in their whole career. Mm -hmm. What's the only industry that uses the word follow-up? Hi, I'm giving you a call a follow-up. Uh, my doctor and my vet do that. <laughs> and salespeople. Yes. <laughs> There's some classic ones like checking in, follow-up. Remember the one, touch base? Just giving the call. These are all classic 1980s. Old stuff we still get buried in. We don't even aware we're still using this. People, when you say to someone like that, I'm calling a follow up, what are they thinking? They're thinking all they want to care about is the next step for me to make the sale. Mm -hmm. So we yeah, replaced yeah. all the old languaging with upgraded to new languaging using our approach. So in this case, rather than saying somebody follow up, you say this instead. You say, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation. And a feedback on our last meeting. See, feedback's going the opposite direction, away from the sale, not towards the sale. So it's so contrarian because we're so conditioned to move things where? To a next step. But the minute you do that, you break trust. When you create momentum with somebody, the pressure is, goes on them, and the wall goes up, now you're chasing people. So the whole shift here is shifting away from the goal of the sale and focusing only on trust. Excellent. So you had a success story that you shared with me about a financial advisor. Can you tell us how this works specifically for them so that my audience can kind of get a sense of, of your techniques sure. with that? So we work a lot with people in the business who is a low volume, high margin businesses like consultants, advisors, uh, large price point operations, business, that kind of thing, high trust. And so one of my clients, financial advisor in that industry, normally they have multiple calls before they onboard someone as a new client. They have a qualification call, a discovery call, just quite a few steps. And he was chasing people to each step. He'd lose people, wouldn't get a hold of them again. And so I helped him collapse the sales process from three to four steps to one single conversation. And I call it the one call sale, my new book coming out next year. And I have helped him figure out how to collapse the process to one call. And now he's got 100% conversion 
if they're qualified from a scheduled consultation to onboarding somebody on one conversation because I taught them how to build trust with people and to stop educating them, stop giving them advice and stop selling his services and get out of his head and focus in on their issues. And by doing that, they're trusting him now to sign up with him on one call. Ari, I love it. I think this concept and the way that you're approaching it is not only unique, but powerful. And I really think my audience is going to want to learn more about you and your books and your upcoming book. How do they find you and get a hold of you? What's the best way? Best place to go is unlockthegame.com. Just like it sounds, unlockthegame.com. My books are there. There's a free course there. Reach out to us for a conversation. Also on LinkedIn, I've got a live stream show called Stump the Guru once a month, where you can jump online and try and stump me with your toughest sales question live on my show. So if you're on LinkedIn, connect with me there. I'll, I'll let you in the show. Awesome. Hey, Ari, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. I appreciate you and your time, man. This has been great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, Keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.